Hello, I'm Rick Lancaster. Thank you for tuning in. Grab your Bible as we study through God's Word together. It's my hope that as we go through these messages, that we will all grow in our understanding of God's Word. As we grow in our understanding, we'll also be better equipped to glorify God, bless others, and grow faith ours and others. If you have any questions about anything in this teaching, send me a message. I would love to connect with you. With that said, let's get into the Word and see what the Spirit would say to us today. Welcome to the Future Today Prophecy Meeting. For all of our lifetimes, there has been conflict in the Middle East, right? You know, if you've been alive for at least 85 years, which I think covers most of us here, then, uh, then you know, there's been conflict in the Middle East. And one of the proposals that has been around for a long time, a lot longer than actually I originally knew before I, I, I started really digging into it this week, is the concept of a two-state solution. Anybody familiar with that? A way of, of trying to resolve the conflict in the Middle East. And the two-state solution is about dividing Israel or Palestine, Palestine depending on which perspective you're coming from. Okay, sorry, we distracted. Uh, Into two separate states or countries. So dividing Israel into two parts, one part for the Jews and one part for the Palestinians. It was first proposed, um, at least in, in what I could find, in 1937 um, in the, what is known as the Peel Commission. And then it was, it was later proposed in the UN in the UN Partition Plan in 1947. And then in 1948, Israel becomes a nation and, and things really start to heat up in the area. So turning your Bibles to Genesis 17, Genesis 17, you know, many nations, and, and, and you know, we're, because we're Americans, we tend to think, you know, that we're the center of the universe. Um, you know, we're not. But, you know, we tend to think, you know, that all, the, all great ideas come out of us and whatnot. We're the only ones working for peace and that sort of a thing. We're not. Um, but for, you know, since the very beginning, people have been talking about trying to bring peace to the conflict in the Middle East, and, 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 and there, many nations have tried to facilitate this two-state solution since, since at least 1937. Um, every U.S. president thinks they are the one that's actually going to pull it off. You know, I just every single one seems to have a plan to bring peace to the Middle East. And yet, for 85 years, no one has done it. No one has been able to deal with this, create this, bring this plan about, and there's a reason why. And, and as Bible-believing Christians, we should be opposed to a two-state solution. And the question is why? So we're going to look at that this morning. The simple answer is because God is opposed to a two-state solution. That's the, that's the easy answer, but let's, let's look and see why that is. In Genesis chapter 17, starting in verse 1, it says this, When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am almighty God, walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his face 
And God talked with him saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham for I've made you a father of many nations. I'll make you exceedingly fruitful and I'll make nations of you and kings shall come from you and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. So God makes his covenant with the Jews, starting with Abraham, then Isaac, then Jacob, then the 12 sons, and through them all of the Jews after that. It's an everlasting covenant. Everlasting means forever, so it never ends. Is there anything that can happen, any any? point where we can say that God's covenant with the Jews ends? And the answer is no. And, and if we look at that and we understand it, we recognize it's a one-sided covenant, meaning God is making a covenant with them, and, it makes, and, it, and it's not about what the Jews do. It's not about what they believe. It's not about any of those things. It's because God said so, so it is. And so God's covenant with the Jews is forever. And now his desire for them is to, to be their God, that he will be their God, they will be his people, and there to be this, this communion and fellowship and, and faithful obedience. That's his desire for them, but that was not a condition for the covenant. The covenant is just an everlasting covenant that he made based solely in his choice of them. So the Jews are God's chosen people. They were chosen at, in Genesis chapter 17, thousands of years ago. That covenant persists today and will persist until um, it is finally consummated in the eternal kingdom. The Palestinians or no other people can make that claim. No one else on earth can make the claim that they are the chosen people of God. Not even the church. The church, we as we can say, I am chosen. You know, I, I am chosen because, well, I'm a believer, so therefore I am chosen. You're a believer, so therefore you are chosen, but we are not the chosen people. That is very specific to the Jews. Now, not only did God choose Israel, choose the Jews, he also promised them a homeland. And a very specific po- homeland, a very geographic geographically delineated homeland that was theirs. In verse 8, it says, Also, I give to you and your descendants after you the land in which you are a stranger, all the land of Canaan. How much of the land of Canaan? All of the land of Canaan. As an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Now, two phrases stand out in there, and and the first one is all the land. So if if the, the Jews give up part of the land of Canaan, what are they doing? They are giving up something God gave to them as an everlasting possession, meaning God says, I give this to you. You are to possess it forever. That's that's what God says. So if they give up part of it, then can they they be in, in obedience to God and give up part of the land of Canaan? The answer is no, of course not. They can't. Um, and they also says everlasting gives the idea that you know God's promise of land is as everlasting as is, as is His covenant with them, and so the land is theirs; it's theirs forever. The the two state solution is an attempt to make a deal that divides Israel in two. And if you if you study through it, look at all the different iterations of the two state solution. There are 
just like every year or so, there's a different theme or variation of it, which parts and whatnot will be given to whom and how it's controlled, all that stuff. The point is, all of them are wrong. That, that anything giving up any land to anyone other than the Jews is in, in direct violation of God's covenant to the Jews. So now turn to Exodus 23. Exodus 23. So this is not, you know, the, the, you know, the, the reality in Israel right now, there are Jews and there are non-Jews, right? You know, the whole conflict is because there's someone other than Jews in the land that formerly was known in Canaan, later known as Israel, and then after, um, the, after uh, somewhere around the first century, the name was changed to Palestine to, as a, as a, um, to ridicule the Jews, if you will. And so the, the reality is that it's not the first time that non-Jews have lived in the land of Israel. As God was preparing to lead Israel into the promised land the first time, he told them what they would find there. What would they find there? Canaanites, lots of them, different groups of them doing different things, all of them doing things that God said, um, that's wrong. You know, they were worshiping false gods, sacrificing their children, all these different horrible and wicked things. There's a whole other message there. We're not getting into it. But in Exodus 23, starting in verse 20, it says this. Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice. Do not provoke him, and he will not pardon your transgression transgressions for my name is in him but if you indeed obey his voice and you do all that i speak then i will be an enemy to your enemies an adversary to your adversaries for my angel will go before you and bring you into the amorites the hittites and the perizzites and the canaanites and the hivites and the jebusites and i will cut them off you shall not bow down to their gods nor serve them, nor do according to their works, but you shall utterly overthrow them and completely break down their sacred pillars. Listen, we, we, the, one of the things here is, is that the two-state solution is trying to develop a, an agreement or a covenant between these two groups to make, to make it so there's some sort of agreement between the Jews and, in, in the case today, the Palestinians. The problem is you cannot make a covenant with a nation that worships false gods, also known as demons. You cannot make a covenant with, with a nation that does not worship God. To do so is to make a covenant with the devil, to make a deal with the devil. That's exactly what's going on here. The two-state solution is an attempt to make a covenant with the devil. And it cannot succeed. And God will never be, never approve of it. You know, the problem, the problem with making any deals with the devil, you know, there's a lot of problems with it, but one of the big problems with it is the fact that anything he agrees to is a lie. That's his nature. John 8, you are of your father the devil, the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and he does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. It's the two-state solution 
is not something that God can ever approve of. He just can't because it violates the covenant that he made with the Jews. It breaks the covenant that he made with the Jews, and so he's not gonna, he can't approve that. Not only that, but it makes, it's making a covenant with a foreign nation that God said you will make no covenants with them. You can make no covenants with these nations that are in the land. While, you know, while the, the Palestinians may claim some history there over the last few hundred years, the Jews have thousands of years of history, and God said, make no covenants with them. So, so a two-state solution, God can never approve it. He can never be pleased with it. And, and I, I sit here today convinced that I don't believe it can happen. Um, I don't believe that God will allow it to happen. Um, but, you know, who knows what actually might happen between here and there. Um, I don't know what that means for the Palestinians. I honestly don't. You know, they're, they're in the land. They, they claim it. But I don't know what it means that, that you know, what, what, what it means for them. It, it doesn't sound good, if you, if you ask me. It's unlikely that there will be a solution that brings peace to the Middle East until the Prince of Peace comes and establishes his kingdom on the earth. So Pastor Randy is going to share a little more about what's going on there, regarding, especially regarding this topic from the news. But there's a message in this for us as Christians as well. We cannot make deals or covenants with the unbelieving. That, that, and, and the culture wants us to. The culture is demanding that we do. That, you know, that, we, that they, they, wanna, they want us to, to you know, agree to their way of viewing the world. An example of that for us would be, you know, a, no Christian should ever go along with the notion that a man can be transformed into a woman. It, it, it defies truth. It defies everything that is true and real in this world. It's a delusion that was put forward by the father of lies. And for us to stand with it and, and to agree with it is to make a covenant, to make a deal with the devil. To say, okay, yeah, I'm going to agree with your lie and I'm going I'm to encourage you along this lie. It's just flat out wrong. So we, we should make no deals with the devil, right? Does that make sense? Don't make a deal with the devil because um, you always come out on the losing end if you make a deal with the devil. So, you know, some, some suggest, that, well, we should go along with them for the sake of peace. You know, anything born out of lies cannot produce peace. There can be no peace out of lies. And only misery and pain and suffering and despair and, and every bad thing will come out of that. It, it might be hard to speak the truth in love, but it's always the right thing to do. Speak the truth in love. It's the only path to God and to God's good. No peace can come if you're making deals with the devil. Amen? The only conflict, the only solution for the conflict in this world is Jesus. Amen? Amen. Pastor Randy. Pastor Rick did a great job of talking about the two-state solution, and most people don't understand that it started long before... Israel was um, truly a nation. You know, it was talked about prior to that time. And so it's important for us to understand that it's not just some new concept, okay? Um, but uh, what's important is, is that it's, number one, it's not of God. 
it's a lie, it's of the enemy, and as a result of it being of the enemy, it's against the truth, right? So we need to keep that in, uh, in mind. A um, couple of scriptures I just want to read to you to share with what, uh, continue with what Pastor Rick talked about. In Amos 9.15 it says, I will plant them in their land and no longer shall they be pulled up from the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. Um, Amos just says, they're going to be back, they ain't moving. You know, and so we can believe what God is saying in, in that realm that he's not going to totally remove them again from their land. But in the Gog Magog uh, scriptures in Ezekiel 37 through 39, you can go back and read this. It talks about multiple times that God is saying that he's going to bring the children of Israel back to their land and he will make them one nation in the land. And he continues several times to talk about that that is their land. He's bringing them back. And that's the only reason that they got back into their land. So God brings them back into their land. He will have mercy on them, and he's going to be jealous of them, which I think we talked a little bit about uh, in the past, that, that God is jealous of, of the, the people of Israel because he loves them. Not because they're great people, mm but because of who he is, he chose them, he used them uh, to bring Jesus Christ into the world. That's an important thing. So in all of the passages that we see, uh, even throughout the Old Testament, we don't see an evil victory of splitting the covenanted land. Now, prior to when they didn't do what God told them to do, he took them out of the land, but he told them he was going to do that if they weren't. Um, obedient to them. So then the question comes up, why then are we even talking about a two-state solution? Well, it's really a simple answer to that. The reason that we keep talking about it is, is that Satan refuses to lay down and let Israel just enter the land without a fight. Mm -hmm. It's what the answer is. Um, the enemy is going to do everything that he can, and Pastor Rick talked about that today in, as, in his teaching on Zechariah, that the enemy is going to do everything that he can to keep Israel from being back in that land or to destroy as much as possible. Two-state solution is demonic. It, it really is. But what do we have right now? We have the fact that Israel is still blinded. They have a veil upon their eyes. They're a very pagan nation. They um, have an LBGT um, um, parade that's one of the largest in the world, uh, in Tel Aviv. And so you wouldn't think that that would, would be happening in Israel as God's chosen people. But remember, God is um, withholding uh, Romans uh, chapter 11 where he says all Israel is going to be saved until such time as the tribulation occurs because two-thirds of the Jews are going to be killed during the tribulation period. At least that's what um, Zechariah will tell us once Rick gets to that. Um, <clears throat> now, Israel is going to become the sinner again of God's um, um, attention once the church is taken out. Can you say rapture? Once the church goes home, 
Israel is going to be um, the, the primary um, focus of what God is doing, okay? The tribulation um, is impactful. It still gives some Gentiles the opportunity to come to know the Lord, and uh, we believe that uh, many people will come to know the Lord, even though there will be some martyrdom. But in Daniel chapter 9, verse 27... The reason that the two-state solution is important is because that is, if the two-state solution would come into play, a deal with the devil. Well, the fact is, Israel is going to make a deal with the devil. Daniel 9.27 says this, Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. The he is the Antichrist. Um, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering, and on the wing of abominations shall be, the, be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. The, the issue is, is that Israel is going to initiate or be a part of a covenant with the enemy for seven years. All right? That is a deal with the devil. And we need to understand that because Israel is truly a, um, for all want and purposes, a pagan nation, they're doing the same things that Pastor Rick just read about um, through the Jebusites and the Hebatites and all the other ites that were in the land, the Canaanites. Um, Israel is in that same place right now. So it makes a little bit of sense that they may do that. But currently, and this is, one of the reasons we wanted to talk about the two-state solution. Currently, we have two leaders that are just moving toward a um, two-state solution in their discussions. That is Joe Biden and his administration, the United States of America, and the Israeli government led by Yair Lapid. Both of these men are very liberal um, in their, their um, uh, philosophy. That being the case, they're talking about um, developing a, a covenant uh, for this two-state solution, okay, a, an agreement. And so now we've got um, two leaders that are not only discussing it, but they met just recently when um, Joe Biden was over there, and they signed a couple of agreements that you ought to look into. It, it's not a two-state solution, but it's, it's an impact that basically moves them in that same direction. Why is that important? Well, it's important because that hasn't happened in a long time, where two of the um, uh, prevailing uh, countries that have impact you know, in the Middle East are geared towards the two-state solution. Now, I, I brought this book. Um, it's called Eye to Eye. Um, it's an older book, but I just want to read um, one thing out of here. Um, there's a list of all kinds of things that happened, um, like the largest tornado in Oklahoma history, the largest forest fire in Colorado history, the largest ice storm in North Carolina. goes on down and talks about tornadoes and um, all kinds of other things. Here's why this is important. All of these events transpired, and there's like 20 of them, on the same day or within 24 hours of pre presidents, George H.W. Bush, Bill Clinton, or George W. Bush applying major pressure on Israel to give up her covenanted land, 
are when one of their top-level officials was in active negotiations with the Israelis and Palestinians or when they stated their approval of a Palestinian state. This book talks about um, and identifies all the things that happened when um, our presidents were negotiating to give Israel land up. This isn't new. This has happened, and we are... Ex are, we're kind of experiencing some interesting weather right now, aren't we? Now, I'm not saying it's totally connected, but this author thought that it was. And so why that's important is the simple fact that God's not going to give up his, his land. Yeah. He's not going to give up the covenanted land um, because that is the land that we just read that he gave um, Abraham and Israel. We need to keep our eyes on this two-state solution. Um, as they say, it's a perfect storm coming into play. Now, isn't it interesting that um, America has elections in November? And guess who else does? The, the um, Israeli, the Knesset. And what's important about those is that the liberal um, uh, parties in both of the countries are doing everything they can to destroy the reputation of the two conservative men that um, would fight against the two-state solution. Now, I, I share all of that because I'm not saying that the two-state solution is going to come and, you know, and, and be a part. But what I am saying is, is that we've got to keep our eyes on Israel because what is extremely important is, is that we've got a world right now that's really headed towards um, something in Israel that truly is last days prophetically, okay? So when um, we talked about Pastor Rick talking or uh, sharing about the two-state solution and a deal with the devil, I, I just felt like that it's so important for us to understand there will be a deal with the devil from Israel, but it, it truly is, um, and most prophecy commentators believe that once that covenant is signed between the, the Antichrist and Israel, the tribulation either starts right then or becomes in full force. Three and a half years into that is when the Antichrist stands in the temple, which is made, uh, built during that time, um, and, and declares himself to be God. Important to watch what's happening prophetically. We're seeing it with our own eyes. All right. Thank you for listening to this teaching from God's Word. It's one of my core beliefs that the Bible or Word of God has the power to transform our lives. It's my hope that these messages will help you to do just that and to glorify God and bless others and grow faith. If there's anything that we can do to help you with that, don't hesitate to connect with me. You'll find ways to do that in the show notes. In the show notes, you'll also find links to my sermon notes and other resources to help you in your study of God's Word. And sometimes we do need help to grow in our faith. If there's anything that I can do, don't hesitate to connect with me. I love talking to God's people about God and his word. So send me your questions and I'll do my best to answer them. This message was shared at Calvary Chapel French Valley in Murrieta, California. If you'd like more information about the church, go to calvaryfv.com. The link is in the show notes. Until next time, Stay in the Word and have a radical week with Jesus. Music